welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. And we're back, another episode of 81 Points, and another step closer to the regular season. We're in October now. Yeah. It's crazy how time flies, you know? It's flown by, uh... It's three weeks out until the start of the regular season. I think we got preseason starting this weekend. Uh, the weather is changing. It's much cooler out here in LA now. Yeah, I... It felt like... Feels uh, like fall, you know? Yeah, and it felt like it was just one day. It just... It was literally one day it was super hot, and then the next day it just became significantly cooler. Yeah. And and then you just knew, okay, fall's here. Yeah. Fall's here. That was like a couple days ago. We're in October. The Dodgers are making their annual postseason run. They look primed to disappoint Disappoint. (laughs) once again. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Well, we'll, I'm cautiously optimistic with the Dodgers, you know. They're stacked, but, uh, you know. Hopefully they won't be this generation's Atlanta Braves. Yeah, uh, let's keep our fingers crossed for uh, the, the boys in blue. The boys in blue. Uh, but this is not a Dodgers podcast. This is a Lakers podcast, and today we're going to have our Lakers season preview episode. How are your overall feelings with just the state of the Lakers? I feel right now? I feel really good. Um, there was a bit of a, there was some concern, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, well, I don't know when, I don't know when DeMarcus Cousins went down. Was that like a month ago? I want to say over a month ago. Okay, now. Yeah, yeah, over a month ago. I, I was probably at my just most pessimistic point when DeMarcus went down, you know? Right. But, you know, now that the news, you know, came and went and, you know, more developments you know, came about with Dwight Howard signing. Um, I mean, even just just the other day about Avery Avery Bradley being a, a really pleasant surprise. And, We're you gonna know, get we'll, to that. Yes. Yeah, we'll get to that. But you know, I'm just starting to feel like, yeah, this team is this team looks good, man. I yeah. mean, on paper, it's it's really solid. Right. Right. Like last year, I felt really good. I didn't think that we were going to win one. Even even. Even healthy, I didn't think that we were going to win win it all. But last year, I felt good too. But this year, our team's even better. So I'm feeling great about our prospects. Yeah, going into this season, I feel is a completely different animal as opposed to last season. So I asked myself these questions. Are the Lakers more talented this year than last year? Yes. It's without a doubt. Is there... Is there an unbeatable team out there in the NBA now? No. The Warriors are no longer, right? Kevin Durant uh, tore his Achilles and left for Brooklyn. So there is no unbeatable mega team out there in the NBA. Uh, Are there better players around LeBron James? Yes. That's without question. And do we have a better coaching staff? And I want to say yes. Oh, shots fired. The Arizona boys are no more. Shots fired at our our boy Luke Walton. We have some actual experienced coaches 
on our staff. You, you know, so. I, I've warmed up a little bit to Frank Vogel too. I'm not to say that I was, uh, you know, really negative about it, but you know, he's obviously wasn't the number one choice. Um, he wasn't even our number two choice. I don't think. But I've warmed up to it. I think he's he's done nothing but uh, acclimate himself very well. Um, he's you know the LA media is a total different beast, and he what his experience is from like Indiana, right? Yeah. So for him to come over here and just uh, he he's done fairly well. I feel like all, all things considered, right? Handling the media and everything, he said all the he's he's said all the uh, the right things so far. So he's. I'm feeling good, man. Even yeah. the coaching staff. Yeah, Vogel's yeah. got a resume, which I we are used to not being able to say that about Laker front office hires. You know, so from that standpoint alone, I. Think but do it's you a think? Plus. Well, do you think his resume is like? Do you think it's impressive? He's had, you know, he's had multiple number one defensive rated teams. As a head coach, which, which is significant, is he pushed that Miami LeBron D Wade team to the brink. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's ha- he has a, a deep playoff run in his resume. Like also. you would say, his teams have for the most part overachieved. Like he's gotten the max out of his teams, right? Aside from maybe, didn't he have a stint in like Orlando or something? Yeah, yeah, it didn't didn't go well. I mean, he didn't have like he didn't really have another personnel. Yeah, but I mean, Paul George, our least favorite player in the NBA, he became Paul George under Frank Vogel's watch. Right. So he has a he has a resume, and uh, yeah, I I overall I want to say this season for the first time in maybe you know since prime Kobe anyway, the Lakers have real championship expectations going into this into the into the regular season which is back to where things should be all is right with the world yeah uh it goes without saying you know lebron there the lakers added another superstar to pair with lebron james um they're better compliments to lebron and ad uh and the coaching staff is you know more accomplished than what we're used to seeing. Would you say that this Laker or uh, uh, LeBron has ha- has the best uh, supporting cast ever? Ooh, um, hmm. I mean, I know Hard that to you're. Say, right? I, I mean, I know that you weren't like so big on those uh, LeBron Miami Heat teams, but I want to say that. Well, it's very top heavy. I want to. I would still say that. Um, those teams, from a personnel standpoint, on paper, were more proven than mm-hmm. what the Lakers said. But it's up there. Yeah. It's definitely up there for, for LeBron James. So, yeah, this is our season preview episode. Uh, I wanted to go through the roster. Let's just see how we feel. Okay. Let's talk about what we expect out of these guys. Uh, obviously, I want to start with the main contributors on the team and everything with the Lakers uh, this year and for the foreseeable future starts and ends with LeBron James. Mm-hmm. So last year, LeBron, you know, had his first pretty major injury 
in his career, still managed to produce a season of 27, 9, and 8. Like, it was still business as usual. For yeah. Uh, still, he's still LeBron James. He's still... Yeah. I know it's debatable out there who's the best player in the league, but you can make a very strong case still that LeBron James is the best player in the NBA. So let's talk about what we should expect out of LeBron this year. Because he's coming off that injury. He's had the most rest in his NBA career that he's ever had. But he is also, you know, how old is he now? 35 years old or something like that. Yeah. He's, he's getting, he's going to turn 35 in a couple months. So father what? Time, what do you? Ex- father time is undefeated, and he right. is fast approaching that number. Yeah. So with that said, what, from a statistical standpoint, what is a reasonable expectation for LeBron this year? I still think just right along those lines. I don't think this is the year we're going to feel the drop off. So I'm 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 thinking twenty six twenty twenty seven that range, and yeah, eight and seven. So I. Uh, I wrote down what I thought we can expect out of LeBron this year, and I I wrote down twenty six eight and eight. Those are sick numbers. Those are sick numbers. <laughs> and last year he went twenty seven nine and eight. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there was that talk about there, there was a report out there that LeBron, you know, went to the front office and the coaching staff and told him hey we need to feature anthony davis as the go-to of the offense right i don't expect lebron so i don't expect lebron to you know average 30 a game no i do expect him to do a little bit of everything like he always does it's just that the thing is he's so talented he's so gifted offensively that and and i realize this even more because I watched him on a, on a on a like every game basis now that he was a when he became a Laker last year, is that he get he puts up like the easiest twenty seven. You know what I mean? You're never like thinking, damn, he's forcing it, or damn, he's like, he's taking a lot of shots, or yeah. it's, you know, it's always like you don't even realize it. And you look at the box score, and he's just he's just fill up the stat sheet you know he's super efficient when it comes to like scoring the yeah, basketball super you know? efficient yeah. so I, 27 is is not a problem whatsoever i think um the 8 and 8 yeah i i i'm i totally buy that cuz um i just think there's not going to be much of a drop off this year yeah i mean i think and i and i think that's we're we're in agreement there um and that's not going to be much of a question going into the season. I think yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how LeBron, I guess, uh, is kind of positioned out there in the offense. Like, are we going to see? Yeah. Are we going to see LeBron at the five spot, or how often are we going to see that? Yeah, that'll be interesting uh, to see. How often are we going to see him at the four spot? You know, right. I think because, you know, obviously we know that Anthony Davis has made it very clear that he doesn't want to be a center. Yeah. He wants to play the four. Right. Which means LeBron, that would put LeBron at the three, right? But how much of LeBron are we going to see at the five and the four spot this season? Sure. That's kind of like 
what I'm most intrigued by mm-hmm. out of LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I mean, how is he going to share the court with Anthony Davis? You right, know? right. Um, I think everyone's expecting, and I am too, everyone's expecting it to be a very fluid, you know, they just seem like a, a match made in heaven. Um, but still, let's see it on the court and see how it's going to transpire. Because we've never seen a player of Anthony Davis's ilk, like in terms of big men, in, with LeBron. You know, there's some very good players like Chris Bosh, future Hall of Famer. Kevin Love, I, I think also a future Hall of Famer. But Anthony Davis is like, he's so special. He's like, he's he would be, he's better than both of them. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see exactly. I mean, you would think that it's just going to be, it's going to be taken to another level. But, right. you know, yeah. so we'll see. So LeBron, obviously, he's like a very efficient player. There's this very popular graphic out there, which ranks the top three the top three players all time in PER and <laughs> it's you know Michael Jordan at number one LeBron yeah. James at number two and at number three is his new teammate Anthony Davis so the in the top three one player is retired and well is long retired no longer playing the NBA and the other two are still in the league today and they're on the same team and is they're that what on the saying? same team yes yes now Let's talk about Anthony Davis. So, it's been debated out there. Uh, is is Anthony Davis the best teammate LeBron has ever had? I've heard uh, I've heard people say yes that he is. I mean, I I could totally see that. It's just that that's some mad disrespect to Dwayne Wade. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's not. I don't. I wouldn't say it's disrespect. It's just more. I mean, he's uh, a, he's the third giving greatest. giving praise to Anthony Davis. Maybe, like personally, I, guess, yeah. I would personally, I would still say Dwayne Wade is the best teammate LeBron has ever had up to this point. I mean, he was like a a reigning. He was a Finals MVP, still in his prime when LeBron joined him in Miami. I mean. Dwayne Wade in his okay. So first of all, before anyone, if you're listening, before you, you know, choke on your beer listening or whatever, or you know, almost get into an accident while you're listening to this, Kobe Bryant is the second greatest shooting guard of all time. That's that's a given, right? But I will say that Dwayne Wade's prime is very is arguably better than Kobe's prime. You can make a case. You can make a case Whoa. is what I'm saying. You can make a case. Because Dwayne Wade's stats at his at his absolute peak was insane. The guy was averaging like one and a half blocks as a shooting guard. Yeah, I mean I think his his two thousand and six finals performance statistically was probably better than anything Kobe did in the Yeah, I mean finals, his right? numbers were bonkers. It was it was like crazy. Now he couldn't sustain that. Like he he couldn't. I don't even think he he was able to sustain that more than a year, maybe two years tops. You know, um, and and again, still Kobe Bryant is unquestionably the greater shooter, shooting guard than Dwayne Wade. You know, he's the second. He's firmly entrenched at number two, right? Yeah. So, but that's saying a lot, though. You know what I'm saying? That's saying that like Dwayne Wade was an absolute beast well people will say some people out there will say that there is someone else other than Dwayne Wade that's the third best shooting guard 
in NBA history, and I think you know who I'm talking about. The much maligned player on this podcast. <laughs> the guy who's now shooting <laughs> one-legged three-pointers and... That is you know, outlandish. Step man. back three artist himself. That is outlandish. You know, I made a comment on. By the way, we're talking about none other than Mr. James the Beard Harden. Um, by the way, I tweeted out like, "What is the point of that new shot? Because it looks extremely difficult and inefficient. It just seems silly uh, and completely unnecessary." Um, but but even that, like James Harden, in no way, shape, or form should be considered the third greatest shooting guard because he has done nothing. He's done nothing in the postseason, and uh, Dwayne Wade's got three rings on his resume. Um, so, Defensively, it's there's no question. Who yeah, the there's no question. Player. There's no question. Um, but yeah, so I I think um, sure it's some praise to Anthony Davis, but it's also doing a little disservice to. To Dwayne Wade, because I'm not even a Dwayne Wade fan. I'm really not. Um, but damn, that guy was—he was so good, you know. Yeah, I mean, all so, we're, we're saying all this to say that Anthony Davis is pretty damn talented. So talented. One of the best teammates that LeBron could ever ask for. Right. And we can. I. I'm. For, I firmly believe that we could be saying that as soon as this year, saying that he's the he's the the greatest teammate he's ever had. Because right. Right. He's just that good, yeah. you know? He yeah. He's insane. So speaking of this year, uh, what to expect out of AD? Last year, you know, like LeBron, he was kind of hobbled with injuries. Obviously, the... Uh, is he kind of injury prone, would you say? I think that narrative, if it's out there, is a little bit overblown because I think prior to last year, the two previous seasons, he played 75 games, which is... Okay. Shows relative health, you know? Last year, in his limited time, he averaged 26 and 12, 4 assists, 1.6 steals, 2.4 blocks. Just, you know, a ho-hum. Just a ho-hum stat line right there. Just, yeah. So now that we have all this talk about, let's feature Anthony Davis in the offense. Him talking about wanting to become defensive player of the year. Some lofty, you know, some lofty expectations out of AD. Right. Uh, pretty much uh, gave away our entire young core for him, which a lot I mean, of we Laker mortgaged fans the are, future for him. I mean, a lot of Laker fans are still crying over that. You know, right. I mean, uh, you and I were bummed about losing Brandon Ingram, obviously, and uh, Lonzo too. But we got back. But you do a that superstar trade, player. You do that trade ten out of ten times, right? Always. So this year, uh, statistically, what would you, what would you expect out of Anthony Davis as a Laker? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually think, I mean, it's 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 a it's a bare minimum he'll repeat the stats of last year. The question is, will he improve on them? But also, I don't think he needs to. You know, his numbers are already so amazing. Um, but yeah, I I, I would actually say, um, <clears throat> let's see, last year was twenty six. I would actually say it's more. It would be more in the twenty-eight range. Twenty-eight points. Um, yeah, twelve rebounds. I mean, look at these numbers, by the way. The four assists, two and a half blocks. So the four assists a game last year was a career high for AD. Yeah. And if there was any area in his game where he made a 
somewhat of a significant improvement, it would be in the playmaking side. Yeah, I, I see that continuing. Yeah, for sure. So do you think, okay, you said 28 points. So you're basically you're saying you think Anthony Davis is going to be the leading scorer on the Lakers this season? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Yeah, I think so. Because, you know, <laughs> I think we talked about this uh, last time. It was all this talk about LeBron winning the offense to be centered around AD. Is that just lip service? <laughs> Does he really want that? Is that going to happen? So you actually think that's kind of going to happen then? I th- I think so. Just and it's it's like you know what it is basically. It's kind of like it's like a it's like the Kobe Shaq time era. You know, which is that Kobe. It's like no matter how much Kobe wanted to be to bring like better stats or score more or whatever. Shaq always just got the better stats because he was so dominant. And that's Anthony Davis. The guy is such a mismatch, you know? Uh And LeBron is too, but again, he's 35 now, you know? He's not going to be playing, like, in overdrive anymore. Yeah, Anthony Davis is 26. 26. He's 10 years younger, you know? And he is is in that Shaq realm right now where he's at the height of his power. He's a mismatch complete mismatch every game you know he he's he's an advantage uh every single time and so i think he it's like even if lebron is just giving lip service and he's kind of thinking i'm gonna still get mine it's like anthony davis is so dominant he's still gonna outshine i mean i'm not even saying outshine but he's just gonna statistically i think he's gonna score more so i i feel like between LeBron and AD, they're probably going to average around the same. Sure, I mean, game. and that, yeah, and that's uh, we're 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 nitpicking at this point, you know that that sure. Yeah, and you know, I feel like at times it's going to look like AD's the main guy, and at times it's going to look like LeBron's the main guy. But when it comes to the playoffs in May and hopefully June. That's when I feel like it's still going to be LeBron is going to eat first. You're saying the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this talk about let's feature AD, let's put the offense around him. I, I'm I'm going to wait until I see it, you know? Okay. But at this point, I still have a hard time picturing LeBron James on a team where he's not the number one scoring option. That'll be interesting to see. That'll be interesting to see because uh, LeBron is the kind of guy, he's the kind of player who, as much of a typical superstar ego that he may have... Yeah, he's very unselfish. He's very unselfish, yeah. and he's always about making the right play. So um, I, like, I wonder how that's going to play out. I wonder which LeBron's going to win out, you know? Yeah. In him. Because, yeah, like he's, you know... He's not he's not immune to hero ball and ISO LeBron. I mean in fact he he ISOs a lot. But when you have a six ten just you know, guy at the height of his powers, teammate in Anthony Davis, who can give you the easy bucket at any given time, I wonder what you know what's gonna what LeBron's gonna do. Yeah, I mean it might it might work out kinda like LeBron and Kyrie at their at their peak, 
where they were both just feasting on But things. that's the thing is that I feel like uh, even with Kyrie, it's more... It, we're talking about a more dominant player than Kyrie. Sure, right? yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah, it, it is. I'm curious just to... To see how that's going to play out. Yeah, I mean, it's a great luxury to have. Oh, right? yeah, right. We're Again, we're nitpicking. Right. Okay, so those are the two main guys on the Lakers, obviously. And who is pretty much tabbed to be the third guy on this team is none other than newly signed to a multi-year Puma How much was contract. that deal, by the way? How much I, don't think it's been, uh, I don't think it's been released yet. Yeah, um, it's it feels good to be a Laker, huh? Yeah, yeah. We're we're talking about none other than Kyle Kuzma. Kyle uh, Kuzma. One Kuzma? of the lone survivors of the Anthony Davis trade. Uh Kyle Kuzma, you know, I wanna say in his second year last year, overall, I feel like he did well. Sure. Well, Average look. nineteen of nineteen points. Okay. Five and a half rebounds, too. two and a half assists a game. His his scoring output Wait, eight seventeen points right I think you said nineteen points yeah it was like eighteen point seven oh yeah. was it yeah okay but anyways he his scoring went up right um you saw a little bit more playmaking out of him uh I think the main concern there's two main concerns with Kyle Kuzma right one is obviously defense. You know? that, that's right. How is he going to show up on a defensive end? Is he going to? Because I want to say, I want to say by the numbers, he was probably a poor defender last year, right? Would you say he improved from last year? From his rookie year, yeah, I think he was pretty much on par with what he did his rookie year, which is disappointing, right? Because I think we all expected him to take a le- at least a small step. Forward. Yeah, yeah. So that is one major area to. Watch out for with Kaguzma. The other one is the three-point shooting percentage. That's what I was going to get at. Yeah. Right? His rookie year, he was around 37% from three. Last year, it took a pretty significant dip to around 30%. So what type of three-point shooting output are we going to see out of Kaguzma this upcoming season? Well, so basically, what are we going to expect out of him? Obviously, he has this stress reaction on his left foot. Which is keeping me up, keeping him out of training camp. Not 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 a huge concern, right? In the grand scheme of things, I think people, he's expected to make a full recovery. Yeah, people people bounce back with no problem from uh, stress reactions. But in terms of the overall, his overall third year in the NBA, on a team that is primed to make a deep playoff run. Is he going to step up and be that third guy, the type of third guy that you see on a championship contender? Yeah, um, and I, so I have a I have a clear uh, opinion of this. Is that um, I think uh, so? I have, there's two points. Is that I think he will make a clear step forward offensively. In terms of shooting, you mentioned like his three point shooting. Yeah, was a little inconsistent. Um, but the reason why here's the reason why I think he's going to continue to make. There are multiple reasons um, why I think he will. Is that one, he has a really good work ethic. He's a tireless worker. Uh, by all accounts, I've heard that he's just like he's a gym rat. He's always working on his, you know, in his on his craft. 
Um, two is that um, if you look, what's the, what is the big indicator for for good shooting? To me, the form, the form, but also yeah, I was gonna get to that actually, but the free throw shooting. Right. So so for his first year, he shot seventy point seven percent. Right. His second year, he significantly shot better. Significantly better. Yeah. And he shot more free throws. So to me, when I see the fact that he's shot thirty percent from the from the three versus thirty six point six, which is very respectable, by the way, I think the thirty percent is actually more of an aberration, and I think he's gonna he's gonna be more on track of the thirty six point six. So pair that with, and you mentioned it already, the fact that his form is, you know, it, it's not like a Steph Curry textbook one but it's still good you know yeah i mean he uh, even no, tweet, he even tweaked it a little bit as yeah they have shown in yeah the, there's the no season. there's no there's no worries there so i think he's gonna make and also the dude loves to just shoot he just loves to he, i don't think kyle kuzma has ever there's never a shot that he didn't like he's right got he's that not kobe, he's not trigger shy yeah he's got the kobe bryant gene you know so offensively i got no worries there you know um the only thing that, I, that I'm concerned about, and you brought it up earlier, his meal ticket is going to be the defense, you know? It, can he be an asset on the defensive end? Because, like, it, at the end of the day, whatever he brings on the offense, is, it's, it's just going to be icing on the cake, you know? Because when you're on a team with LeBron and Anthony Davis, it, it's... It just... <laughs> we're going to have zero issue scoring the ball he he is going to produce on the offensive end yeah like that's pretty much a guarantee pretty much a guarantee we've seen we've seen him mesh well with lebron obviously like anybody will mesh well with anthony davis but in particular yeah a guy like kyle kuzma but but again it's like he's gonna mesh perfectly but also it's kind of like it's almost extraneous because it's like the offense is, is it's gonna be fine so the thing that we really need him to hone in on the, the his meal ticket has got to be on the defensive end, and it, that's the question: is is he has he improved, and is he going to bring something of worth on that end of it? You know, yeah. that's the big question mark. Yeah, I mean, for one, I don't think we're going to see much of Kaguzma trying to defend centers anymore. Which that, that was, was a, a failed experiment. That was, um, you know, talk about putting your players in the worst <laughs> position possible. <laughs> they putting... pretty much did that to Kaguzma at the beginning of last year. Yeah, they did him dirty with that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, I if if this coaching staff is an upgrade like I think it is, I don't think we're going to see much of that anymore. Yeah. And... uh I mean, it's just another year under his belt. You know, he's at this point. Uh, you can you consider him a veteran in the NBA, right? Two full regular seasons. It's 24, 24 years old. Yeah, so I mean, 25. it's it's reasonable to think that he is more comfortable out there on the court now. You know, so yeah. hopefully that translates to him uh, improving his defense. Yeah. Um, so the last the last guy that I would consider like this guy is a shoe in to be a major contributor is a player that is known for his defense and is known for his three point shooting and that's none other than Danny Green. Kind of the opposite of what uh Kakuzma sure. has, you know? Right. Uh bona fide three and D guy, a 
seasoned veteran with championship experience. I mean, if you if someone were to ask you, well, who are the top five three and D players in the NBA? He's he would be in the conversation. I yeah, think. I think yeah, so. yeah. You know, yeah. So, Danny Green last year actually he shot forty six percent from three last year in the regular season. Did you say forty six? Forty six. That's I, pretty good. <laughs> I think his I think his postseason was pretty subpar okay. in terms of three point shooting. But again, his regular season was phenomenal. 46 is insane. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, he is in his 30s now. Okay. But we're not expecting him to be like... We're not expecting him to be like a superstar for us, so... Right, and... I mean, you can make a case that... He hasn't played with... Superstars of this caliber... Like, two superstars of this caliber since, I don't know, Tim Duncan and right. Ginobili and Tony Parker. Tony Parker. Right, right. In terms of just stacked team, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, he's in a perfect position to benefit off of, you know, just he, the attention that he LeBron really and AD draws, you know? Yeah, he really is, yeah. And one of the much maligned aspects of last year's team was its lack of three-point shooting, and Danny Green is... One of the perfect cures to that. Well, right? lack of three point shooting and defense. Right. And he's and yeah. he fills and he fills both voids. So right. um I think it's reasonable to expect him to play a major role on this team, right? I think it would be yeah, it would be really surprising if he didn't feature prominently in our in our season. Like I'm expecting him to look good. Yeah. As a Laker. Yeah. And I'm expecting Laker fans to love what they see out of Danny Green. And he's for sure going to be on the court during crunch time. Yeah. I mean, let me just read you his stats, okay? So he's a career 40.4 three-point shooter. But not only that, he's had one, two, three, four, five years of having averaged or having shot better than 41.5% from three. I mean, the guy is, he is a phenomenal three-point shooter. Yeah, I mean, one of the low-key best signings of the offseason, you could say. Yeah. You know? So those four guys, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Karkus, Madani Green, I feel like those four are shoo-ins to Do you think all four of those guys are going to be starting, though? I don't know about starting. Yeah, obviously with Kaku. What's it? What, was there a word out from the camp about how who's going to be starting? Uh, I think they're still figuring that out. Okay. But needless to say, I feel like those four players are pretty much shoo-ins to play major roles on this team. Yeah. Uh, for this upcoming season. So now let's get now let's move on to the role players. This. A few question marks that need to be answered with this team, right? <laughs> yes. So let's start with the five spot. Obviously, we obviously Javel McGee came back. Um, he was the starting five last year, poised to play significant minutes again. Yeah. But uh, you know, once Boogie Cousins went down, the Lakers signed Dwight Howard. And this, this, this. So this position is is my biggest concern for the of the season. Yeah. So let's talk about how you think the minutes are going to be distributed between Javale McGee and Dwight Howard. Because 
Let's face it. I feel like JaVale McGee, it's it, it's clear that he gets gassed. He's not games. meant to be. He's not meant to play more than like 20, 25, 20 to twenty five minutes. Right, a game. right. But you know, at at many points during last season, there were times when he was asked to play over thirty minutes a game. Right, and yeah. usually that didn't work out the best for him. But now we have Dwight Howard, so which I don't think we need to go into like his perception going into this year um so with that said what what can we expect uh you know minutes wise from these two players it's going to be interesting to see yeah so here's my hope is that javel mcgee is going to be putting in 20 to 22 minutes a game um dwight howard is going to be putting in 10 to 12 minutes per game so what does that leave us left over that's still a huge chunk of minutes left over that's still like another 10 to 12 minutes yeah so that's i think that's the concern because i don't i I don't want to count either of those guys for more than those allotted minutes so you think you think dwight howard's only gonna play 10 to 12 minutes a game I think that he is only going to be effective, most effective with 10 to 12 minutes a game. Well, I'm not going to depend him for more than that. Okay. Well, I just want to point out that, you know, obviously last Maybe season, Anthony Davis can play those 10. That's very true. Um, yeah. I just want to point out that last season, obviously Dwight Howard only played like nine games because he was going through some like back injuries, right? Okay. Uh, the season before, 2017-18... Dwight Howard averaged like 17 and 13 and played like 81 games. Okay. So he's not too far from producing, you know? The two years before that, 74 games, 71 games too. Right. So it's... I know, obviously, like... Dwight Howard's been through quite a bit uh, over the the past year, you know? Do you feel a little sympathetic for the guy now? Because I know you... Well, the perception out there is that... He always says that he's going to make a change. He always says that he's ready to be a team player. And then something always happens in the locker room where he fucks it up. Right. So I feel like from a media perspective, he's not looked upon very favorably, right? No, he's not. But, uh, I mean, just two years ago, he was producing still. So 10 to 12 minutes, I mean, yeah. I think to be cautious, like, that's probably fair to expect. But, I mean, I don't want to get Laker fans too excited about Dwight Howard. I mean, there is a chance that he can be effective for more than that. So, you're, are you, are you, so what are you saying right now? Are you saying that you're expecting a bigger timeshare between Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee? Uh, I don't know what to expect, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I'm hoping that... Like, if Dwight Howard averages, like, 15 points a game, or, I mean, not points, 15 minutes a game. I was going to say, yeah, okay. Like, 15 minutes a game, that would be nice. Okay, yeah. You know? 15, 15 minutes a game, actually, I, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. If, I, if you told me, if you were a fortune teller, and you told me that Dwight Howard is going to average 15 points a game on this Lakers squad, I, don't, I wouldn't be like, oh, shit, what happened? Did, did someone get injured, you know? 
I would be thinking, okay, that, that... 15 minutes, you mean, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd yeah. be like, all right, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, basic, but basically, you know, these two guys, what we need from them is defense and rebounding, right? Like, I will say this. If, if Dwight Howard is is uh truthful and is you know his whole turning over a new leaf is indeed true if that's true then i wouldn't be surprised if he supplanted supplants javel mcgee on the depth chart because at the end of the day it's never it's never been about dwight howard's talent level right never been about yeah, that it's been about his attitude yeah it's about yeah. his attitude and it's just yeah about the, the things be, the thing between his ears you know so if this is true, then yeah, we're sitting on a gold mine. Actually, this is this is like a, but that again, that's just a, such a huge if. Like, and do people really change? Right. I don't know. You yeah. know. So. So that's you know that's one thing. I mean, I was I was hoping that the Lakers signed Joe Kim Noah over Dwight Howard personally myself. Right. But like at he, the end of the day, they didn't. They went with Dwight Howard. He apparently wowed them in his workout. So. <laughs> Let's just say, at very best, I'm cautiously optimistic with Dwight Howard going into. Like, this. if you put Joakim Noah's head, brain into and brain and mindset into Dwight Howard's body, right? I mean, in terms of like, be, man, would you be thinking championship right, right now? In terms of like mindset, attitude, uh, approach to the game, Joakim Noah had all of that in spades. He did. His intangibles were off the charts. Yeah, Dwight Howard has all the talent in spades. Yeah, uh, athleticism and all that. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's one of the major question marks for the Lakers heading into the season. Let's move on to another huge aspect that needs to be figured out is the one position. So there are quite a bit of players on this roster that can play the one spot. You know, I'll just reel off the names. Yeah, let's see. Uh, you have Rajon Rondo. Okay, I'll let you finish. Yeah. Go ahead. Rajon Rondo. Uh, the Bald Mamba, Alex Caruso. Mm-hmm. The accountant. Um, Avery Bradley, the reported standout of training camp so far. <laughs> Quinn Cook, championship experience, three-point shooter. Okay. And also Troy Daniels. So five players that are pretty much vying for minutes at the one spot. I feel like conventional wisdom is saying that we're going to see mostly Rondo there because of, I don't know, his experience and his his continuity. And his chumminess with Anthony Davis. Right. Um, By the way, I just want to ask, though, like, why... Why I've heard this I've heard this before, but why is Aunt Avery Bradley always when people are talking about the one spot? Why is he being considered? Because he he doesn't he's not he doesn't strike me as a point guard though. Is he? Is he yeah, I think it's mostly because he can defend, defend point guards. Okay. He's right. He can handle the he can handle. Okay, you know, six yeah. two. Sure. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Um. So I have an opinion on every single one of these players. We'll start with Rajon Rondo. Okay. <laughs> I, I just cannot. I, he cannot be the starting point guard. Personally, I don't. I I loathe the fact that he's back on the team. He is just. 
he's not worth the headache. He he's way past his prime. He thinks he's much better than he is now. Um yeah, he just I, I'm fearful of the idea that he's going to be starting. Um so yeah, that's my opinion on on Rondo. Um my choice for starting point guard is Alex Caruso. I think that's a lot of Laker fans' choice. And here's the thing is because one, all the other players that you listed, you kind of know what you're going to get with those guys. You know what I mean? Quinn Cook, great shooter, but his defense is, it's been poor. well documented that yeah. it's just absolutely piss poor. The analysts are unkind to Quinn Cook. To, to put it mildly, yeah. he's really bad defensively. Um, Troy Daniels, even worse. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, these, those guys are just, they're they're just line they're i'm not gonna say they're fodder but they're basically they're good backups i think they're good backups um so alice caruso in my opinion i mean we'll get to avery bradley obviously but alice caruso to me is he is such a like a mystery card to me you know what i mean he is like let's 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 find out what we got here because i think he can absolutely be he he's shown last year to be possibly a very decent starter in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, in his limited time playing in the NBA so far, he has shown the ability to be able to defend multiple positions. Right? I mean, he's six five, six five, athletic, athletic. But by the way, I mean, six five as a point guard is is seriously nothing to sneeze at. It's you know? something, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I, I feel like some of that has to do with his physical appearance. Right. I mean, right? the guy, yeah, he's the bald mamba. If I, I, I mean, I said this to you before, too. If, if the dude just shaved his head, right? If he just shaved his head, I think all of a sudden he'd get a lot more respect in, in the media. It's just because the dude's balding. He looks like an accountant. I mean, hey, LeBron, your 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 hairline looks amazing. Like, why don't oh you? Oh my gosh! Why don't hairline, you hook a brother up right his now? His hairline looks amazing. Yeah, dude. Well, you got a teammate right now that's suffering, got some issue suffering on the bro. hairline front. Why LeBron's, aren't you? Why aren't you not hooking your teammate up right LeBron's now? LeBron's hairline right now is no one has made a greater comeback in the history of sports than LeBron's hairline. But yeah, so Alex Caruso. I, you know, even last year, um, in his, I think there was a stat line of what his numbers were as a starter, and and obviously there's a caveat of the fact that he hasn't he didn't play much as a starter, and those numbers may be a little more inflated, but still they are intriguing as hell. You know, well, it's nothing to sneeze at because once given the opportunity, he has shown that He's he capitalized. steps up, right. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So I would just, oh man, I would love to see Frank Vogel just kind of like take a leap of faith and look, and say, look, we're going to, you know, it's like if you put Alex Caruso as a starter and he, he, he fails and then you're like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to, then we're going to say, okay, we're going to bring in Rondo and have him start. I will, look, I'm not going to complain. I will begrudgingly accept that fate. Yeah, but to start the season off with Rondo, I just I can't, man. I can't. I mean, if 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 Alex Caruso is a starting point guard on opening night, that would 
give me a lot more optimism in this coaching staff. Right. Because to me, that would signal, hey, they're paying attention to things. Right. Right. They're actually evaluating right. the roster. Sure. You know? Sure. They're not just going going back to the same old well. Absolutely. Again, you know? Right. So. 100%. I, I feel like that's a long shot. But if we did see that, I feel like that would be a very good sign uh, coming from the coaching staff. Yeah. And I will say this too. If Alex Caruso turns out to be the guy that we we cautiously suspect that he may be from what we saw last year, I mean, I'm feeling, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, that I feel good about this team. I'd be feeling really good. You yeah. Know what I, mean? I mean, he's not... He He's not going to like be the difference between a championship or not. But still, it's... It, it'll be a big upgrade and Huge upgrade. yeah it'll make laker fans feel better if you know if he becomes who we think he is you know yeah so let's talk about avery bradley now i think you put out a tweet on our twitter yeah about uh your recent excitement over avery bradley yeah, i mean i know the lakers have been hyping him up a lot of a lot of chatter out of training camp that he's locking people down and Frank Vogel and you know, players like Anthony Davis are just lauding his defensive intensity in training camp. Yeah. Now, are you eating that up? Are I'm you, eating that up with, are a, you, with a big old fat spoon. You're drinking the Kool-Aid? I am drinking the Kool-Aid, yeah. man. So for me, I I was already high on... I was high on the signing of Avery Bradley. Yeah. Like way back in July. Yeah, I wasn't as high as you. You know, I was like, hey, this is... It's a, he got I think a two year like nine million dollar deal or something like that. Really cheap, by the way. Really so cheap. I was like, yeah, this is a it's a good signing. He's still young. I think he's still in his twenties. So twenty eight, super young. There's a there's a real chance that he can become what he was on Boston. Now now that all of this talk is coming out of training camp. I feel like that hasn't really made me any more excited. Like, I'm not really reacting to it much because okay. it's, like you... it's, tra- it's training camp. Like, okay. they're not going to come out and say that okay. he looks terrible or we regret signing him. They're not going to express any buyer's remorse with Eddie right. Bradley. But, I, but feel, I say yeah. that because I'm already high on him, you know? Okay. I'm, I was already, like, high on the signing, so... Okay, okay. Uh, but, Fair you know, enough. you're you seem to be running with the news, which is fine, you know? Sure. Um, so with that said, what is your what is your expectation out of Avery Bradley this year? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think okay. So the the players that you mentioned in the beginning, right? LeBron, AD, uh, Danny Green, Kyle, Kyle Kuzma. I mean, those guys are guys that you you're not only expecting, but like they just they need to come through, or else. Our our championship aspirations are kind of just going to end there, right? Now we're talking about players that are just kind of icing on the cake. That's just kind of, you know, when you got money in the bank, you know? So Avery Bradley is a guy who could be an X factor, you know? And that's why I'm excited is because, like you said, right, if it's, it's training camp and it's not like they're going to say bad things, but if he was really not looking good, I feel like they could just simply not... They, sh- they could have just not said anything, you know? Yeah. But it's the fact that they're 
they're actually saying, oh, I mean, it's really looking good, you know? Like they're offering unsolicited exactly. news. Exactly. Like, think about it. Like, if Kyle Kuzma showed up to camp and all of a sudden he showed this defensive prowess that no one really knew, people would be talking about that. We're not hearing that right now. Well, obviously, another case. I mean, he's hurt. Yeah, I was going to say, he's also yeah. injured. But you know what I mean? That's, a, that's an example, right? So, I think it's a very good sign because... The guy was, you know, I don't know if people, I don't know if people don't remember, but when he was on the Celtics, and he was, I he he was on that short list of perimeter defensive players, top three perimeter defensive players. Like, there's a YouTube clip of him shutting down uh, Kyrie Irving. Uh Do you remember that? I, I mean it. I mean, look that up. It, it's it'll give you, it'll have you drinking the Kool Aid if you're thinking that Avery Bradley would be like eighty percent of what what that guy was. Hey, players had a hard time bringing the ball up the court when yeah. Avery Bradley was because he would be the one of the few guys that like defended ninety four feet. You know, right? Yeah. So, and this is a guy who's still young, and he said that this is the first time in a long time he's actually felt a hundred percent healthy. Lost forty pounds reportedly. That's insane, but okay, yeah, 40 pounds. You basically, yeah. And and on top of that, here's the other thing why I, I'm actually buying it, okay, is because I felt like Avery Bradley from the get-go, one of the reasons why I didn't completely, I was kind of cautious, you know, I know you were really into the signing, was because I felt sort of that Avery Bradley was a product of a system. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it was as much of Brad Stevens doing of of you know, he has a tendency of of making players a lot better than they actually are. You know who else comes to mind? Jay Crowder. I mean that guy was a beast on the Celtics. We don't yeah. really hear about Jared him. Jared Solinger was like an actual NBA player. Yeah, yeah. And after he left, it was like Exactly. Yeah. So I think Brad Stevens had had a way of like really bringing out um the max out of a player yeah but what about like individual but, defense though which but is that's what, what i'm saying well that's what i'm saying is that is that i think is that brad stevens really um you know he unlocked that defensive prowess in in avery bradley and then since then i think he's just been kind of for whatever reason injuries weight whatever all those all those things He's kind of wandered around, and now he's at a at a position now where Frank Vogel, like you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, he is a defensive minded guy. He knows he has all of that, right? He he's yeah. had the number one defense. So, I think you pair Avery Bradley's ability instincts with Frank Vogel's guidance. I'm drinking the Kool Aid, man. I'm drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, like it just makes so much sense. That that he would he would be able to unlock that again unlock Avery Bradley's potential as a defensive stopper. Right. So I listed off five names right for the one spot. I think it sounds like what we can expect. There's going to be at least three players that are going to see minutes out of the five in Rondo. Caruso and Bradley. I would like to see Quinn Cook on the court also. I like I Quinn Cook. I just don't know how much he's going to play. I actually like Quinn Cook. Yeah. So this is, you know, obviously 
I let off this podcast by saying, you know, this coaching staff is an upgrade from last year. Uh, I, I did want to spend some time talking about the rotation, the roster rotations in game. That was one. That was one area that I feel like Luke Walton was much maligned for. It took him a long time to figure out what rotations to use. Maybe there he were, never. Maybe he never figured it out. You there know? were a lot of head scratching rotations. Yeah, like uh, you know, we didn't even get to KCP yet, but like playing KCP, we don't need like, to get to KCP. Tons of minutes, uh, things like that that were a little bit head scratching. Um, so with this new coaching staff, it's like I think one of the big questions is going to be. How are these minutes going to be? Who's going to get the playing time at the one spot? You know, is it going to be Rondo, Caruso, Avery Bradley? And honestly, I can't tell you right now who's going to play the most minutes. Nor could I even tell you who I who I would want to play crunch time. Like between Caruso, I would I would say I would venture to say that. Caruso and Avery Bradley are probably the two players that I would want to see the most amongst those five playing like crunch time minutes. Sure. I, here's what I think is that Caruso and Avery Bradley, right? Caruso, I think, should and could be starting, right? Um, it could even be Avery Bradley. But bottom line, I think crunch time, this is the crunch time lineup that I think we're going to be seeing. Okay, Avery yeah, Bradley, right. Danny Green, Anthony Davis, LeBron, and Kuzma. So, uh, Davis at the five, LeBron at the four. Yes. I mean, teams do typically go small Yeah. at the end. But if, and again, if Avery Bradley is a defensive guy that, that he's purported to be in the training camp, like, that's a defensive juggernaut. I, w- I would be okay with seeing Caruso in there instead of Avery Bradley, too. Sure, sure. Because Caruso's defense is nothing to sneeze at. You got, you got, I mean, you got options. Yeah. You got options. So... You got you got three guy three four guys well I would say three guys in there that could really step up defensively you know yeah so there are intriguing possibilities right at the one spot let's so let's finish with uh, two players that we really haven't talked about yet the back of wings I already mentioned KCP a little bit but he's still on the team whether you <laughs> like that or not he's still a that, laker that's our that's our comment for kcp he's still on the team he's still on the team and uh i feel like quickly becoming one of the fan favorites jared dudley a player that yeah you hated last year you you hate, hate when he's not on your it. team i hated his guts but quickly becoming one of the fav- fan favorites because yeah. i feel like he brings a lot of intangibles I mean, he, to the table. He's the uh, yeah. He's he's of that Patrick Beverly. He's got that Patrick Beverly gene. Yeah, you know. He even said it himself in the meet in uh, during Lakers media day was if anyone if anyone you know does a hard foul on LeBron or AD, he's gonna be the one to step in. Yeah. And like, Which is great because it's not he'll like- He'll take that fine, he said, yeah. you know? It's, it's just great because it's not like he's a guy who's gonna be like, who's who's gonna require big minutes, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, we saw that with Brooklyn last year when right. they in the playoffs, right? He right. He would challenge the other, the player on the other team if they were, you know, playing a little too rough or right. whatever. Right. And he can still hit a three-pointer. You know? Yeah, he shot. He shot. He shot well from three. So you know, honestly, like from a minute standpoint, I don't know how much. I don't know how many minutes 
We're going to see out of Jerry Dudley. He, I'm happy that he's on the team. Yeah, I'm happy he's on the team. He did also mention that, you know, there are going to be days where LeBron's not playing, AD's not playing because of all the load management, right? So he knows that he will have opportunities to play more minutes than normal at times. So he'll be ready for that. He's saying all the right things. Yeah. You know? And I believe him. I yeah, mean, I believe him too. He's a team too. guy. He's a team guy. He's a team guy. He's a, he's a veteran at this point. He said his number one... One of his num his number one job was to help build up Kyle Kuzma, kind of the way really, that, that uh, D'Angelo Russell took the leap last year. So he wants kind of wants to he said he was a D'Angelo Russell whisper. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, yeah, all right. I guess so. He unlocked D'Angelo Russell's potential. If that's true, then and he does that for <laughs> Kyle Kuzma, that would be all amazing. Right, all right, all right. So a really good presence <laughs> on this team. He, you know? I mean, he's a good locker room guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad he's on. Another another reason why I feel like this this team this year is like much more well put together than last year. Yeah. Apart from the skills themselves with the you know the better three point shooting, I just feel like the chemistry, the the, the locker room chemistry is much better because you don't have LeBron. Well, that's what I say. Oh uh, yeah, you know LeBron as the dad. Yeah, like watching over these little kids. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I was gonna add to that. One, you don't got the meme meme team version two point But two, you don't have LeBron playing GM trying to basically trade the whole team for Anthony Davis. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. He's he's a completely different mindset now. Where he's like, okay, like let's see how we're we gonna win this championship this year versus. Okay, who's going to stay? Who's going to go? You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. Like Danny Green, Avery Bradley, uh, Jared Dudley. These players are... They seem like they mesh a lot more. Uh, Anthony Davis. They just seem like they mesh so much better with LeBron. Well, I don't even know if it's a meshing thing. I think it's a mentality thing. You know? You coming in... No, they're... Yeah, they're in, the, they're in that point in their careers where it's like... Yeah. Let's, let's win, you know? Yeah, it's the mindset of this whole, like... We brought you in to win a championship versus we drafted you. Uh, we're trying to see how we can develop your game. Like, you know, let's see where this goes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, exactly. So those are the players. Um, let's talk a little bit about the coaches some more. Okay. Uh, so our coaching staff obviously looks a lot different from last year. No, Frank Vogel's the head coach. I mean, are we going to bring up the fact that, you know... Mr. Mr. Snake himself, Jason Kidd, is, is has he been he he's behaved himself so far. Right, we haven't heard much out of Jason Kidd. He's one of the assistants. Lionel Hollins, a former head coach, is another assistant. Lionel Hollins is a good assistant, actually. Uh, much praised Phil Handy is on the coaching staff. The sh the shoot the shooting whisperer. Yeah, uh, the greatest shooter that Shaquille O'Neal has ever seen, Mike Pemberthy, is on the staff. <laughs> so Shaq, what, by the way, who recently got roasted. Well, he's yeah, he has his new beef with he he's beefing with Damian Lillard. Which, by the way, that's a losing proposition. He should not have beefed with Damian Lillard. I think they're just doing it for fun. I mean, I don't think I don't think it's like well, I yeah, but it's just like Shaq is barking up the wrong tree because Damian Lillard clearly outclasses him. And uh, I feel like Shaq can rap too, though. But he, it's like Shaq can rap versus Damian Lillard actually sounds like he could put out a record. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. But anyways, yeah. So this, so 
the coaching staff, I think the three big questions for me is one, the overall style of play. Like how how are how is this team going to look? Because you know, Frank Vogel is most well known for those pacer teams which were slow it down, grind grind it out, defensive minded. I'm gonna see that with okay. this team. Okay. Two, um, you know, are we going to see an improved defensive team? I think having Anthony Davis alone is going to make it a better defensive team. But we'll see how they are defensively because I feel like a lot of people in the media are still questioning the defensive capability of this Lakers roster. Right. And then the third thing, which we already touched on, was the rotations. Like, how is Frank Vogel going to distribute the minutes amongst like some of these roster spots that are a little bit in question with, you know, JaVale and Dwight, uh, you know, Rondo, Caruso, Avery Bradley, like who, how many minutes are gonna we, we going to see from these guys? And that's going to be up to Frank Vogel. So yeah. overall, do you feel pretty optimistic about this coaching staff? I, I mean, I do. And I, I think to add on what you were saying is, Bottom line is that Frank Vogel is going to make his money on the defensive end, on on how he's going to impart his 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 wisdom, his acumen on the defense defensive side. You know, on the offensive side, like I don't even think you need anybody on the offensive side. He isn't. It's like back in the day, you know, when Phil Jackson was just writing, drawing up a play with the players. He just basically drew. a a triangle on the clip on the on the clipboard yeah you know it's like just do this you know like basically he just gives a you can just give the ball to lebron james he's a coach on the court and they'll find a bucket you know so where frank vogel's value comes in is how much is he going to be able to impart his his defensive like expertise on the team and and that's where he's going to earn his money so can he do that that's the big question and i think he can i i do i think I, we've touched upon this time and time again his resume i don't know if he has this amazing resume like again i would have liked tom thibodeau for example as maybe not the head coach but as like a defensive like you know assistant as an assistant yeah. yeah but i think frank vogel's he's he's plenty he's plenty equipped to do that you know so um as long as he brings that side and as long as he's able to um i don't know how he's gonna do it as long as he's gonna he can get these players to play defense i'm feeling good you know i'm feeling good about the staff yeah for me the number one thing that i'm looking for is buy-in like are these how are these players going to respond to frank vogel as far as like are they going to buy into his coaching? Sure. Uh, obviously, last year we had some issues with Luke Walton. There was that big blow up with the meme team players and Luke Walton. I think even JaVale was like yelling at Luke Walton about like he wants to play more. And that showed me that they didn't really want Luke Walton as a coach. They didn't respect him. They didn't respect him. So I want to see if this roster is going to come together and let Frank Vogel lead them. Yeah. As far as like being the head coach. Yeah, there's a clear difference. I mean, Luke Walton came into the league 
Didn't he get drafted the same year as LeBron did? Yeah, he did. I just, just that's wild, man. Yeah. You know, like I, LeBron has disrespected many coaches that were even more well respected than Luke Walton. Right. You know, right. so um, yeah, it's, it's like you know, you bring up an absolutely valid point. You know, how much buy-in you can get from these from these guys. Right. So if we ever at some point during the season hear any rumblings of like players arguing with Frank Vogel or like going against his coaching, especially LeBron, who's known to butt heads with coaches, right? That would be a pretty significant red flag for me, you know? Yeah. But if we go through the season and we don't hear a word and we and everything is good and they're the players are actually buying into what Frank Vogel is, how he's coaching them, then I think that bodes very well for yeah. this team's prospects. Yeah, you know? it would bode very well. Yeah, so apart from all the X's and O's, like you said, LeBron's actually the coach of the offense. He's going to do whatever he wants on the court. Yeah. And I guarantee he's not even looking over at the bench side when he's on the court with the ball on the offensive end. You know what I mean? He's not maybe even, not. Maybe not. He's not. He is hundred percent. He's just like I got this. Don't worry about it. You know. Well, when you have LeBron and AD on the same team, really, you just need them to do a pick and roll. Oh and yeah. Put Danny Green in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. It's like yeah, it's, pretty simple. You yeah. know. Uh, but yeah, overall buying in, buying into the coach, because I feel like you can't have an elite defensive team without without that. You know. Sure. So that's the main thing that I'm looking for when it comes to the coaching staff is how these players respect and buy into what they're saying. He's not he's not in an easy spot, that's for sure. Right, cuz if we even if we hear stuff like Frank the Vogel, players prefer Jason Kidd, that would yeah. be a really bad sign. That that's exactly what I was going to say. Like Frank Vogel is in a he's in a tough spot, you know? Cuz as much as we have heard Jason Kidd being on his best behavior, you know, sure as hell, that dude is eyeing the position right now as we speak. He's little fingering it up right now. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would I would have put a pass on that. He is yeah. concocting whatever coup d'état he's tra- you know he can come up with. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's our overall Lakers season preview. I think you know um, we feel pretty good about this season. Yeah, feel really good. Real championship expectations. Listen, if there's anything, though, like, even beyond the coaching, even beyond, uh, you know, these players, like, you know, turning out to be better than the, better than advertised, Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, all that, the biggest thing we, sh- we all need to hope for right now, okay, is health. I, I-, I think that is just for me the number one thing that i'm hoping for it's been the lakers bugaboo for it forever 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 like ever since kobe's achilles to the point to the point where i'm all you know you know me i've all i've almost like i i've even mentioned and said that like there's something going on with the like the training department the trainer department you know like there's there's i don't know i don't know if they need to overhaul it or whatever but that's the bottom line for me is that they need to stay healthy. The fact that LeBron James, a just certified, bona fide robot, a machine, a physical specimen, historic physical specimen, never really been injured ever, came to the Lakers for the first time and had a fairly big injury. 
Like, I understand that he's he's old, but it's like, is it coincidence or is it it's something about how like everybody seems to get injured when they come to the Lakers, you know? So that is my biggest thing. Just stay healthy because if we don't stay healthy, we don't even have a chance. Yeah. So let's end with this. Point blank. Who is the X Factor for the Lakers this season? The definition of an X Factor, right? What is the definition of? Because you can't say it's Anthony Davis, right? You can't say it's LeBron James. No. Right? So X Factor, I'm going to go with... I I was going to say... I, 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 if you asked me a month ago, I would have said DeMarcus Cousins. Okay. Today, I'm saying the X Factor is Avery Bradley. All right. I would also say Avery Bradley as well. Wow. This guy is important. I mean... This guy is important, man. The ceiling is very high. He can make or break our season. So I would also say it's Avery Bradley. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll end our podcast. So Avery, if you're listening, bro... (laughs) We got Stay all healthy. Our, we got all our eggs in your basket, bro. Stay healthy, and uh, I mean, there are a, a, a couple people for contention of that sure. of that title, right? Sure, Alex Caruso. I was tempted to say him. I mean, Kyle Kuzma fits that role Kyle for Kuzma. sure. Uh, well, I think we tweeted maybe out even, that he was that. Maybe factor. even dare I say Dwight Howard? Oh come on! Now you're just being facetious. But I, but yeah, Avery Bradley. The potential out of him could be very high. Very high. So, needless to say, things are looking up. We feel good going into the season. That's about to start in three weeks. Crazy. So, that's our Lakers season preview. I think, uh, you know, the next couple of podcasts before the season actually starts, we'll talk about the NBA as a whole. We'll we'll do a predictions episode yeah. at some point. Yeah. But uh, we just wanted to prime you guys up for the Lakers regular season. Get excited. Get hype. Oh, it's it's hype season right it's now. It's gonna be an amazing NBA season. Maybe the most exciting and fun NBA seasons that we've seen for a long time. Long, long time. So with that said, we'll end the podcast today. Uh, thank you for listening. Again, we say this every time. You know, uh, follow us on Twitter at 81pointspodcast. Uh, send us an email at 81pointspodcast at gmail.com if you have any comments or questions. But uh, otherwise, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you guys again soon. Peace. Thank you for tuning into 81 Points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.